We're the Pragmatic Doulas. This is a podcast where we talk all about birth and other interesting things. Birth may be a goddess, but she doesn't want to be worshipped. She wants to be respected. She doesn't want incense. She wants common sense. sense. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Don't forget to lean forward, Steph, so that you don't sound I'm far trying. Away. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying. A, it, I think it's the tone of your voice. Is it? Um, <clears throat> Do I still sound like I'm six years old? I'm, could, no, I've you only... sound like your phone sex operator. So <laughs> it's all, it's too low and deep. And So if doula work doesn't work out, I've got a backup. You, you have got, a backup, Let me tell yes. you, you've got the skills. People the always bills. tell me I sound like I'm, like they still ask for my mom if they call me and I get a telemarketer. Really? Is your mom there? Is your mom there? No, motherfucker. From, from my mom is not here. Western New York? <laughs> well, no, at that point there? I go, no, she's not home and I hang up. <laughs> That's right. She isn't. Yeah. When people ask me for Mrs. Lim, I say, I'm sorry, she's not here. Goodbye. Mrs. Lim is my mother. <laughs> I'm not Mrs. Lim. I'm Ms. Lim. I'm not. I've never did marry a guy named Lim. That, my mother did that. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, so welcome. So welcome. This is, in case you missed it, this is Pragmatic Doula's podcast. <laughs> this is a podcast by doulas, for doulas, about doulas. It's all for you. We do everything for you. It's true. We exist for you. And that's Stephanie over there. And? I'm Kim. And that's Kim over there. And I'm Suzanne. I'm Steph. Yes, I am. And today is very icy. Wasn't there bad weather last? Look, every fucking yes, Wednesday, yeah. it true, is true. bad. Uh-huh. So I had to teach last night again in mm-hmm. freezing rain. Yeah. It's I been crazy. this morning going, fuck me. Driving across the city, but again, strangely, maybe a lot of people thought it was going to be worse and stayed off the roads because I made it here in what an hour. Yeah, like that's an hour. good. That's pretty good. And and I have a busted up hand. That's not only because of my stupidity, but also because of snow. <laughs> Let's blame it on the snow. Okay, but explain your stupidity because <laughs> well, it's pretty stupid. I was trying to impress my six-year-old nephew and decided, hey, let's jump down this snowbank. And, what, um, why you were on the snowbank to begin well, with? Well, we were on the snowbank, halfway down the snowbank. Uh, it looked totally doable, I gotta say. <laughs> I have to say, which is the scariest part. If it if it looked dangerous and I decided to do it anyway, then that would make sense. Yeah. Okay. You know, you knew it was dangerous and you did it. What would Eddie but do? But what's scary? Right. Eddie would do it. Eddie would jump. <laughs> but the scary part is that it looked absolutely easy. And I landed on my hands and knees, on the asphalt, and busted Ouch. up my knees and my hands. Um, you know what your knees Tuesday. look like? Do you remember back in the old 80s? knees? Yes. Back in the they 80s, like you would go down knees. that. Yes. Yeah. You know, right, we see? used to have that huge. <laughs> I'm showing a picture of my knee, of uh, a uh, sight of my knees. And that's just one. They both look like that. You know, in the old 1980s, 70s playgrounds, we had the cement ground. Yeah. We also had that, like, 20-foot high, solid, skinny metal Steel. Slide. Yeah. Yeah. Kind yeah. of like a steel drum. Like, that's what it felt like. That you could cook an egg on in yes. the summertime. When you sat on it, it went boom. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> and Anyhow, your ass fried. That's mm-hmm. right. So you either stuck to it because your skin was melting, or you shot down it like it was a luge event, kept yep. going on that trajectory, and then fell on your knees skidding. Yep. You know, my knees looked like this all the time throughout my entire childhood. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> all, and all sometimes down my shins. 
They look. My children's knees look. My grandkids. They haven't got like a mark on them. I was just gonna say there's gonna be an entire generation yeah. of from here on in, mm -hmm. really, where children do not have Skin scrapes knees. and you know yeah. scar tissue on their knees and all of that stuff because their parents wrap them in bubble wrap. Yes, and, and we have and we have super safe playgrounds. With well, like, everything is made out of plastic and rubber and, and sand and, and um, everything bounces. We had yeah. like the, you know, the monkey bars that, Oh yeah. The ones with the square, it was like cubes all on top yeah. of each other mm -hmm. and they're yeah. made out of metal and really, really high to yeah. and made like a, you could play blind man's bluff on them. You could play, um, we played monkey bar tag on yeah. the monkey bars yeah. and you would go to the top. Well, first of all, there were no grown ups in the playground. Oh God. No. No. Nobody's supervising. And if there was, that was a problem. They were sitting on the side. If they, they just were wrecked there, it. Smoking. And if they were there, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'd put a crap in your style. So no, no I don't remember any. No, there were no parents. They were away. Like if yeah. there was a grown up there, they were somebody trying to kidnap you. We had a group called the Flower Pot Gang who sat out in front of the. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. So the what? The Flower Pot Gang. That is but that is literally not. A, <laughs> that is not a good Scarborough gang name. Well, these were all forty something moms. That so oh, there were the moms were called the flower pot. The kids pot called the moms the flower pot game. Oh, okay, okay. Because okay. it okay, used to be sense. that they all stood out on their balconies and would scream down. It was lunchtime, eat your bologna. Um, <laughs> you have to get to your aunt's house. They would scream down from the apartment building <sighs> to your kid. Now I want bologna. Then you want, or the ice cream truck is coming, and you you yell up to your mom, Mom, Can I have ice cream? Mom, give she's me like a quarter. Exactly. She's throwing cash at you. You better catch this and bring me the change. Yeah. Um, it's a quarter, yeah. bring me the change. <laughs> That's right. But um, the flower pot gang would sit out, out front of the building and they moved from their balconies to the flower pot when the superintendent created flower beds out front with a frame. So the moms would come down and sit out front. Mm -hmm. And these were like the moms who watched everybody and made sure you weren't getting up to too much shit. We're, and we're yeah. getting kidnapped. That's right. Um, and yeah, oh, the they 80s. were the first line of defense when someone wiped out and put their teeth through their lip. Right, mm -hmm. and then make sure that you, while you're in your panicky mode, you got up to your mother or something, mm -hmm. right? Called who needed to be called, but yeah, we had the flower pot gang. That's that was, hilarious. But they really weren't that interested in us. They were. It was all the local gossip yeah. being caught up. Yeah, on, yeah. Right? For the local ladies. Well, I had. Yeah, and if you fell and you put your lips through your teeth through your lip, they'd they'd sit there and go, "Just walk it off, Marjorie, Marjorie, your kid fell." Yeah. <laughs> you got to Marjorie. The kid fell. Where did you people live, Boston? <laughs> what? Who talk like that at Scarborough? <laughs> Marjorie, your kid fell. <laughs> but, New, it was New York. <laughs> it was New York. I, I thought that was New Jersey. New Jersey. Cause cause I started like New watching Jersey. Marjorie. Uh, was on, was, I was watching that show that you, or that website that you sent me, and there was one. There was a documentary about the Long Island Lolita. And so I started watching that, and mm -hmm. you, you stop watching it, and everyone, all of a sudden, you realize that, you're you're talking like you're from New Jersey. And I have a, when I when I used to read I used to read um do you remember the fudge books? Fudge, fudge super fudge and all yeah. that. Judy Bloom, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was reading those to um Allie when mm -hmm. she was little and the grandma mm -hmm. in it Gra yes. Grandma mm -hmm. um, was from New York, and <laughs> that's and, how she talked. And, and she sounded like she smoked like three packs of cigarettes a day. This was smoker grandma, and everybody had a voice, and this was her voice. <laughs> so. well, I grew up. I spent my not grew up, but I spent my early childhood in Jamaica, and where we lived, there it was a really sort of isolated 
place. And so there weren't even like cars on the street. So we could literally oh, yeah. play skipping in the middle of the road. And maybe like once every two hours, a vehicle would drive by. And there were no, the parents, grownups were no, I don't know where they were. I don't know what they did. And no. they didn't know what we did. No. You had a couple of rules. Don't go over there. Don't go over there. And that's yeah. pretty much it. BN when the streetlights come on. And I only remember twice anybody going to their mother for something. One time somebody got hit in the head with a swing, which I yeah, mean, these are like the heavy wood wooden, board yeah. swings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And somebody like threw the swing at somebody oh, and smacked the face, them in yeah. the head. And, and there was blood everywhere. That was one. And then somebody stepped on a big broken bottle, piece of broken bottle. And Ouch. so their foot was all bleeding. So we hobbled them back home. Yeah. Otherwise, don't come home. No. If you <laughs> scraped your knee like that, you just shook it off oh, and you moved on. You spit on it. Yeah. <laughs> don't get blood on your clothes. Just yeah. spit on it. Wipe it off. And, and don't cry hole, so much because you're holding up the game. You got a hole in your pants. You'd be like, oh, my God, my mom's going to kill me. Well, but the funniest thing is I remember, like, we would be, I don't know. Like, we it was a very small, tiny place. But you, you'd, it would take you a good maybe five, ten minutes to walk home depending on where you lived. Right. But if you had to go use the bathroom, like, if you had to pee, you just went in the bushes. Yes. You just went to go pee. Yes. You learned how to do that early. But if you had to poo, you had to go home. Yeah. So everybody would sigh collectively and ev- we would all go together to your house right? and wait outside your house till you finished pooing. And if you took too long, somebody would throw rocks at your bathroom window oh to tell God. you to hurry up. It was a real little la- rascal's childhood. I, I, That's I hilarious. It, it was. So, so you could get back to hopscotch or whatever you were You're guys doing. Were yeah. It was great. Those were the days. Skipping ropes. My yeah. kids will never. No. No. My granddaughter doesn't even own a skipping rope. Oh, we had skipping ropes, but you weren't allowed to go out there and play. Like, oh, look at the corner you live on. I know, right? Like, it's like a racetrack. It's true. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Do you have sidewalks even? No, we don't have sidewalks. See, that's it. If you had sidewalks, then it'd be fine. Yeah. I was going to say, you do have a nice long driveway, though. Yeah, but there was always two cars in it. That's true. Right, so I think when Will, I mean, the one time we let them sort of play out on the road, um, on like a ripstick, you remember those things yeah. and you kind of move with your feet? Didn't Thomas break something? No, William broke his arm. Yeah. I'm like, oh, for God's sake. And I was at a birth at the time. Yeah. My, uh, <clears throat> Will, I think the other two were at, uh, were at their in, at my in-laws, um, when Paul took, uh, will to the hospital, different hospital than I was in. So after my client gave birth, um, I think I phoned my in-laws to see how they were doing. The mm-hmm. the two little ones were doing. And my father-in-law said, well, don't go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, but my son is in the, the hospital, hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, with a broken arm, his first broken bone. Mm-hmm. Um, so with all due respect, I'm going, going to go to the hospital. So, so why pop- was he telling you not to go? To I don't know. Protect your sensibilities? I don't know. It's like, <laughs> you shouldn't go. Don't go. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going. I mean, is it is, is it that bad that I shouldn't go? Like, well, what are you like, saying? Which means I'm going. Yeah, like, I don't care how fucking bad it is. I'm going. I'm going. It's my kid. So I left. I said, well, okay. I'll send Paul home mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. Um, to get the other two. So I went. It was at Scarborough Gen. So I went to Scarborough Gen, found them. And of course, he's in there in in the in the room, 
and his arm, it was a double compound fracture. Mm. So the two bones of the arm were off center. So his, I used to have a picture of it, but mm-hmm. when my Blackberry failed, I lost it. Um, but his arm looked yes. like an S. Yes. I remember my eight-year-old broke his arm too. And yeah. that's, I almost passed out when I saw that. I'm like, how, it looked like your arm was made out of rubber. Yes. Yes. Oh, and I crazy. And I walked in and of course, Mom mode is like fighting with doula mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully, doula mode won. And I'm like, oh, baby. Doula mode is the best. Baby, that looks so bad. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me. He mm-hmm. had been so brave up until that point. And lost it. <laughs> and he looked at me and he burst into tears. Yeah, because he's probably been thing. holding it in. Yeah, exactly. Trying to be brave for yes. his dad, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, sweetie. <laughs> and that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, yeah. So. Yeah. Now, after that, nobody goes out onto the road to play anymore at all. So your earlobe is red. I've been pulling on it. Oh, okay. Yep. It's all red. All right. So what are we talking about today? So today's topics, we were going to talk about doula interviews, um, tips for that. And if there is time, um, prenatal meetings and what they might look like. I'm actually going to a prenatal meeting tonight. Uh, first oh, yeah, one. I had one yesterday. Cool. Second one. So let's let's start with interviews first because I think Yeah. With that's where it starts. Got, that's where it starts. Yeah. So what do we got here? So how do when you go for an interview, what do you wear? What do I wear? Yeah. Um I don't have I'm a just following what's thing. here on the yeah, list. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a, <laughs> like I don't you know. You know what? what? A lot of new doulas don't like are super curious about that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm more, I think I wouldn't go like this. I'm wearing like jeans and a jeans and a like exercise jacket kind of thing. I don't know. Business casual. I suppose you'd call it. Yeah. If I wear wear... jeans, I would wear like a dark wash kind of jean or something like that. Just a little tiny bit dressier than casual. I always wear jeans. So I'm not going to change Mm -hmm. from that. Like this is who I am. Yeah. I wouldn't wear these jeans. I should say. No, no. Like I wear. There's jeans and there's jeans. Yeah. 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 I wear a darker denim jeans. Some jeans are very dressy looking, but these are kind of ratty and old. I wouldn't wear these ones or ripped jeans. Oh yeah. No, no. I I wouldn't wear leggings. But I've seen people wear leggings and it looks fine. I just wouldn't wear leggings because my leggings are all like really casual. Like workout leggings almost sometimes. Yeah. 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 I I just dress a little bit more, a tiny bit more professionally and like what you would wear for teaching. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's exactly what I I do. You want to, you don't want to be, I always look at it. Friendly. Yeah. You don't want to be someone that you're not. So Mm -hmm. wearing a business suit and all of that is, if that's who you are, then, you know, go for it. Hey, no judgment. Yeah. Be the power suit doula. Exactly. We love her. Yep. Whoever she is. But so you want to be, you want to look respectable. Yes. Professional. um, Professional. Clean. um, Yeah. Approachable. And approachable. Yeah, friendly. That, that's good. Open. Yeah. yeah. So yes, that's right. The way that I would dress for teaching yeah. is the way that I would typically dress for an interview. Although sometimes I dress up a lot for teaching because I just feel like it. But <laughs> n- not like that. Not those days. I fi- it's funny. I find that when I dress up for teaching, mm-hmm. when I actually put a little more effort into teaching, mm-hmm. I actually get more clients. I get more 
people, people asking me about doula services after the class. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Like that one time I wore, I wore my black pants, what I wore to my aunt's funeral. Yes. White shirt, my yeah. gray sweater, scarf on all of that. Literally every person yeah. in that class wanted to know about doula services. But when I dress sort of just the way I usually do, which is sort of more casual, mm -hmm. I don't. Hmm. What, what do you wear? To an interview? Yeah. Mm, pretty much what I'm wearing right now. Mm. I have a, like a long stretchy sweater that covers my butt. Like it's long an exercise enough. kind of. Yeah. Looks like a Lulu. Lulu woman. And a, I have a scarf on and I have my dark jeans. Yeah. And sometimes I wear boots. Sometimes I wear my running shoes. Again, casual, covered, comfortable, stretchy. Clean. I hate being uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, clean is big. Yeah. Clean is big. I, and or maybe clean is just big for me. If I were to be interviewing anybody for anything other than maybe I wouldn't expect my plumber or my HVAC guy to show up yeah. in something that the guy who's going to do like the roof, working. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I want him to works. kind of look like he's really comfortable working. Yeah. You know? But for, well, if he's coming that day to do the roof, mm -hmm. but if you, if, if somebody from the company was coming to speak to you, to give you a quote about it, I kind of expect him to be a little polished up. I think it depends on when he comes. Some guys are just, you know, balls to the wall chicks too. Just ball, you're just working, going from one client to another. He might have just come from something that he did, mm -hmm. wanted to, as opposed to getting taking the time to get changed and look a certain way. He it was more important to be on time. So, I mean, when you look at someone's job, you you kind of make a decision. Yeah. Well, him. I'm not. I'm ta I'm not talking about the guy coming off of a roof and then going to an interview. Mm -hmm. I'm saying coming from his house to an interview or from yeah. the office to an interview. I would expect a different look and I really wouldn't care. But in my head, I'm thinking there's a difference between coming into my home and sitting here to yeah. give me a quote and signing a contract or something. Yeah. Then yeah. the day when you actually show up to do the thing, that's mm -hmm. like, that's different. Yeah. Um, what do you think is, so what you were saying is interesting because I think that I have found that also. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's like when people are looking for a doula, they are looking for more than one thing. So the friendliness and the approachability is one thing, but they're, are they also looking for somebody who got their shit together? Somebody yeah. who is almost in a position of authority, yes. which is different for us when, when people are coming to us after like from teaching yeah. than when somebody contacts, you, contacts us just like out of, out the, of blue. the blue. Yeah. They <clears throat> see us in a position of authority as a teacher yeah. and people it comforts them, I think. Yeah. It makes them feel safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's that's what they're looking for. They're looking for someone to be that knowledge base for them. Yeah. And Whether if, that's true or good yeah. or not, yeah. it comforts them and it draws them to you, which is what I think happens. I do find that it's... So for the six-week series, I find... I can, I don't necessarily have to do that. I don't necessarily have to sort of dress up yeah. per se yeah. because I have a longer have a long time, time frame to, really to get to, to know you. Exactly. And, yeah. um, but on the weekend classes, yeah. I do not. So I tend to, my plan was, so I haven't, I'm actually, because I'm so busy in the next few months, mm -hmm. I actually have not been dressing up. <laughs> I know that's terrible. Play I actually, down. Yeah, I actually don't want any clients at this point, mm -hmm. um, which is horrible. We have other doulas that can fill, fit the bill. You but, dress up for us. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, but because I've been, I have had that, I haven't been. Yes. 
But what I do, what I have done in the past, which I think is why I have so many clients, mm-hmm. um, is on the Saturday, I would do myself up. Yeah. On the Sunday, I would a be little a little more down. casual. Well, that's what, that's yeah. always my, yeah, I do that. And that's simply because- Like you're Sunday, lucky I'm even do, coming out on the Sunday. On like, the Sunday, we, we're doing the tour. So yeah. I usually wear a dress or a skirt because I love dresses and skirts. And then I wear um, pants on the- <laughs> Sunday because yeah. we're doing the tour. Yeah. Cause you're walking yeah. more in your. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that's what we wear. So what, how, what do you bring with you? Well, yeah. What do you bring with you for an interview? Yeah. Like I know some people take like, Oh my God. Like they literally bring. They show the, the whole show. Yeah. They bring everything, including the kitchen sink. No, I don't think that's the I, right I've thing to do. That. What, 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 what would one bring? I bring an interview package. Okay. With the contracts and information about me and blah, 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 and a nice folder with a sticker on it and all that. And I leave that with them. Yep. Otherwise, that's it. I don't bring anything else. No. What else is there to bring? I guess some people talked about, I, well, long ago, I know I had a few people ask me what was in my doula bag. Or, and then oh, I really? saw a couple people talking well, on a doula group. None of your business until you hire me. <laughs> yeah. I saw people talking on a doula group about... Um, people asking about what's in your doula bag and it, which I found really peculiar, but I guess a big question people often ask, there's, you get into certain interviews and people ask a particular list of questions that don't yes. have a baby's yeah. or yes. whatever. Yeah. Um, I generally try to bypass that by just starting a dialogue that covers a lot of those things, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's nothing really required for me to bring. People ask me what I'm going to use on them and stuff sometimes and yeah, I mean, I mean, you can tell it, them. I don't hands. have to bring anything. Yeah. My hands, really. <clears throat> do you use massage oils? You, no. Either you say yes or no, but if you do use massage oils, do you got to bring them to no, show at an interview? Absolutely not. No. And I wouldn't. I, I would, so. If you have a massage oil that you would like me to, to use on you, then mm-hmm. please choose it. I would hate to ever introduce anything that would create some sort of irritation. Be that a powder, a baby powder, mm-hmm. yeah. an oil not for me to bring bring the stuff that you feel comfortable oh i do with bring you like i br- well we talked about this in our doula bag yeah. i do bring yeah. like fractionated coconut oil but i'm mm-hmm. meeting two we talk about all that stuff i do bring my doula bag to that meeting mm-hmm. so right. if there are any issues with sensitivities to coconut oil then i hear about it then and then i don't bring it right or don't use it or whatever or suggest they bring their own mm-hmm. yeah okay that's yeah. a big one but that's it just an interview package is all i bring You've been to interviews where you kind of go in and you sit down and they're like staring at you blankly and you're staring at them going, okay. They have no contract. They have me. no uh, questions. Yeah. Ask I actually me kind of questions. Like oh, they, those you kill me. Say, you look like a deer caught in headlights. <laughs> like you are just waiting for me to tell you what's going on. And like you just say it out loud and it kind of breaks the ice when they're sitting there looking at you like a deer in headlights. Like, and it's usually those people who are told you should get a doula, but they actually literally have no idea what, what we do. Yes. Yeah. Right? Do you yeah. find those people hire you though? The ones that, you know, are told they should have a doula yes. as opposed to actually seeking it yeah. out themselves. Yes. Yeah. I, but I think they would generally hire me because, again, just simply because someone they trusted said you should get one. Um, like we yes. have people who, who hire clients for such a variety of reasons. Some people yes. really fear childbirth mm-hmm. and they want someone wise to walk through it with them. Some people have a full, wonderful, knowledge of birth and its normalcy and they value having someone to walk through them with them because they understand how intense it is. Mm -hmm. So they don't fear the intensity, they acknowledge the intensity. Mm -hmm. And then there's a small 
section of clients who hire you just because someone said it was a good idea, but they are not too concerned about even finding out what it is you do. There's like, oh, I hear that you'll probably be a good idea during my labor. And yeah. What what are some reasons why people have not hired you? Some, I, Cast your minds back to a time <laughs> when you were actually not hired by somebody you interviewed with. And what what what's the what are the reasons that they give? I had one um, interview. They had interviewed a younger doula, a newer doula, mm-hmm. um, and they really connected with her. And I said, "Look, you know what? You." It isn't always about knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's also about connection. Clicking. So yep. you need to you need to factor both of those things in. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, this is your birth. You need to make sure that the people that are in your birth are going to you know not rub you the wrong way. Yeah. Um, not that I think I rubbed them the wrong way. They just had a better connection with, with this, this newer doula. One. And they um, said that to you. Yeah, they did because I asked. Okay. Um, I you said, why? why I, you well, no, I said, uh, cause I said, who have, cause I always ask, are you ha- interviewing other doulas? Mm. Who? Mm. <laughs> because in the beginning I wanted to know who I was getting beat from. Mm. Um, and they had said this, I can't remember who the doula was. Um, and when they, they emailed or phoned or something a, a couple of days later and said that they were going to go with her. And I said, I think that's a really good idea. I said, I think that you need to make sure that you are with someone who you feel really connects with you um, as a couple and a family. Mm. And I said, you know, this is this <clears throat> great for you. And mm-hmm. if she want, and I said, if she wants to use me as a backup, because I wasn't super busy at that time. Um, if she wants to use me as a backup, she can certainly contact me, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, she never did. I, as I say, I can't remember who it was, but was somebody you knew, I knew at the time I knew who it was, but I mean, this was seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not, this is not a humble brag. If I get into your home, it's yeah. very rare that I don't win that. Yeah. I had one doula. That's why I said cast your mind back. Yeah. I had one doula um, say to me, um, you know, it's really nice to meet you face to face because whenever I go for interviews, you're the one I'm losing to. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, okay, sorry. (laughs) I didn't mean that, Mm -hmm. Um, which I thought was kind of weird because at the time I was still kind of new. Like I wasn't, certainly Mm -hmm. wasn't where I am now. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if I just give good interview. I don't (laughs) don't know if that's, that's the way it is. You should do a workshop. Yeah. I don't know. I just talk. Do you have any um, memories of why you hadn't gotten hired? Well, recently, um, Actually, it wasn't. I don't even think I didn't went to the interview. There was no interview because the client who I was going to interview with got sick. Um, she rescheduled with me, and then I called her just to confirm that reschedule. And she had said that her husband wanted her, and I've heard this a few times. Her husband wanted his mom to be there, or she decided she wanted to have her mom there. But um, I was like, okay. And when they often do the tours of their hospitals and stuff, for as much as we as doulas, we often see that additional people are allowed in during mm-hmm. at the actual time. The written policies are two people. Mm-hmm. So people are not going to risk having spending X amount of money mm-hmm. to not have that other yes. person in there. So yes. most yeah. of the time that is what has come up is trying to decide if, if you're going to have a family member there or if you're going to have a doula there. Yeah. 
Um, and not, we all know that there are family dynamics where there's times you don't say no to someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people can't. And say you no should, to but you, you don't. Should, but you don't. And then those people usually call you back and hire you for the second birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not because, you know, the emotional support, they didn't get the emotional support from their parent, but they didn't get the support they actually needed yeah. um, for that physical laboring. on your knees, double hip squeezing for four consecutive yeah. hours. But I think yeah. also a, a lot of our moms still come from a place of listen to the doctor. Don't, mm-hmm. don't ask questions. Um, oh, which I try or, and beat that into my classes so much. It, it, and it's, I think some people are like, they see it as arguing. Whereas us mm-hmm. now we see it as just conversing about our healthcare. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so feeling like you're being silenced is really hard, especially when you're so vulnerable in labor. I yeah. Think. yeah. So it's uh, often, uh, that is not an uncommon thing for me to hear people come to me with, for their second births and saying, I felt silenced. Yes. I felt like I needed to be a bit more quiet. I felt like I was being an inconvenience. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my partner really needed to sleep because we'd been up all for the early labor, but yeah. now I was, I wanted support for active labor and my mom was tired and mm-hmm. there's a lot. I, I've heard that a few times. Um, and sometimes it's just, yeah, like, like Kim said, you know what? I made a really great connection with this other doula. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Fucking yeah. A. yeah, that's great. Um, like I don't have, I literally don't have a problem with that. I know that there are connections mm-hmm. between people and it isn't about, it isn't, it shouldn't 100% be about um, the knowledge and mm-hmm. the experience and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, and it's not about me. So when, well, what about I, you? Yeah, I've, had well the most interesting non-hire excuse that I've ever heard this was a long time ago and I at first I was like well that's dumb but then I kind of <laughs> respected it afterwards um this was a, a family who who was planning a home birth with a midwife it just happened to be a midwife that I knew and that I'm friends with and I thought that was a bonus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that would, she didn't think it was a bonus. No, she, she wanted somebody who was 100% on her side. If she had a problem with her primary health care provider, who right. was the midwife, yeah. that I would be on her side. Yes. And not siding with my friend. <clears throat> That's a good a, point. It, right. So, immediately when I said, no, 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 but I will be like, that's cool. But I, she said, she just wanted to be hundred percent sure that she would hire somebody who was in her corner, 100%. And that's what doulas are supposed to be. Yes. And no, you know, even though I felt like I could do that, yeah, I could still support her and, and, and help guide her through questions to ask. And so on. she had, misgivings about the fact that me and this midwife were friends and so yeah so that's exactly what I said fair enough you know what I well if you're going to carry that sensation through your birth then I really I there's no way I can even do my job well because you'll be carrying that sensation exactly it's not a time for me to be proving myself no no for you to be wondering if I if I'm proving myself no or don't trying not to be too friendly with my midwife friend because I'm afraid that she's like glaring at us or something. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know what? That's probably a good idea that you find somebody who you want specifically. Yeah. I don't fit the bill. Yeah. So that was the, sometimes it's money. People will say all things equal. This doula was a hundred dollars less. Yeah. That 
I've heard that too. And that just yeah. makes me shrug. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. You yes. weren't going to, I'm not lowering my price. So no, right. Or they were really, somebody was an RMT on uh. top of their doula certification. They're an RMT or they're a chiropractor Naturopath. or some, it's a so they can write or off. something. And so it was, it was, it's a, uh, a business sort of decision yeah. to go with that doula. I've had that too. So oh, yeah, people are it's all good. It's all fine. Yeah, yeah, right? That's fine. Yeah. Have you ever gone to an interview and just gone, Oh my God, please don't hire me. Please don't hire me. Yes. I, I haven't. Uh, yes. Once a long time ago. And I've actually said to somebody, I don't think that this right is going to work. Mm-hmm. I, that's, I, I've had that feeling less and less now. Maybe because with experience, I feel I'm more adaptable to people. Or if maybe a you're attracting. Really quiet, then I feel like I can support that. Whereas before, I needed that exact fit. Right. In order to feel confident and comfortable. Now I don't so much. Right. I feel like I can support a broader range of people now than I right. did back then. But I remember people who are super picky and 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 excessively detail oriented um and who seem very very critical i don't want to work with those people <laughs> yeah i don't want to feel like i'm walking on eggshells and i don't want to feel like i'm that i'm going to freak you out every step of the way yeah. and i'm I, I can't so i remember saying that to one woman yeah that uh i don't think that we can work together because i feel like our styles are very different and here are two people who might fit better with you. Bye. Yeah. 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 And I think that's, I think that's the, I mean, I think as new doulas, you're like, yes, hire me. Everybody hire me. I just want to yes. work. Hire me, hire me, hire yes. me. And I think at that point you get to know, you know, from doing so yeah. many different births and yeah. interacting with so many different well, people. You That was horrible. Yeah. And you, I'm <laughs> never working with that kind of guy again. Yeah. Um, Go home and journal that one. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think you, you get to know who your target market is. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, as you say, as you grow mm-hmm. and expand as a doula in your knowledge base and, and your wisdom, mm-hmm. um, you get more easygoing with, yeah, whoever's, you know, whatever's going. Yeah. I think also you tend to attract who is going to hire you. Yeah. And after a few years of practicing, you you become more of a magnet. Yes. Because you're more confident in yourself. Yeah. As not just a doula, but as a person, the older you get, that just happens. And so people are drawn, the people who are drawn to you are drawn to you. Yeah. And so you've got more of people like you to draw from. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To me, the hardest kind of people to work with are you know, let's say you've got a couple and they just are like, just lay themselves at your feet. They've got no ideas, no thoughts, no opinions uh, about anything. Yeah. And they kind of are expecting the doula to orchestrate this whole experience for them. Mm-hmm. Like, no. That drives me insane because it's not my, like, it's not your experience. It's not my experience and that's not my role, but they have no ideas, no thoughts. It's just like, here I am. I'm a sponge. Fill me up with whatever you have to give me. And I like people to have, this is why I appreciate people who have already come to my classes because I know they've got a base and they've got a little bit of thought going about 
well, how do you feel about this? How do you feel? Remember we talked about that? Well, how do you feel about it? And I want you to have an opinion. Yes. So what do you think about this? I don't want to build the base. No. You need to have the base and then let's work on that together. That I find that really hard when you're just drawing everything out of people. And I feel like I'm telling them what they should think, what they should feel, how things should go. And they're just nodding. "Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Good. Thank you so much. I I don't like that. No, I don't like it either. Yeah. So that leads you to when you get to an interview and you sit down to talk to a couple and what are they saying? We didn't take a prenatal class because we thought we would just hire a doula. Mm -hmm. Well, my prenatal class is on this date. You should make it there. Mm -hmm. Please have some type of base. I had, there was a couple in my infant care class uh, this weekend and they're like, well, we're not really, t- we're not going to take a prenatal class. It's, we're too late in the game. I'm like, you're never too, unless you're delivering tomorrow, mm-hmm. you're not too late in the game. Mm-hmm. And good luck to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The hospital well, will just tell us what to do. Well, I mean, even if people don't take a prenatal class, but they have given some thought to yes. things, or they've read some books, or they've... Even watch some videos, even if their base is off, if they've yeah. got wrong ideas and wrong information about something, I need somewhere to start. Yes. I don't want to be the yes. one to lay down the path. I need, even if they're like, Even if oh, it's a dirt road, let's, yes. let's pave it we from here. We read about this and that. And that that's a good start for yeah. a conversation. Well, here's the thing about this and that. This is how it actually works and so on. Yeah. But being just mute, I don't know. We don't, I don't know. What do you think about this? I don't know. We don't know. We, I don't know. We haven't read anything. We haven't taken any classes. We just, I don't know. That is really challenging for me. Yeah. I I have a hard time with that. I don't want to be the person to, to build that foundation. I I think that's my thing. And then there's so much teaching in the actual prenatals, you know, because they have nothing, Mm -hmm. no base, as you say. Yeah. And that makes the prenatal so. How long are your prenatals? I only typically. do one prenatal. Oh. So I moved to that, I guess, a, last year, yeah. two years ago, because we've moved from way back in the day when we used to base our prices and everything and on the time spent with clients and the support offered. Mm. So there was a time where we saved up our questions. We sat down for some birth planning and we sat down for some other things. Yeah. And in between... There was no contact. There wasn't much contact. There was contact should you go into labor or something was really pressing, right? Now, I find that I am calling or texting with my clients regularly. Mm-hmm. So my the time and the questions that often were saved up for this wonderful, warm conversation mm-hmm. um, close to your birth are now just... Are being answered all along, all you along mean? Yeah. So mm-hmm. like we're building this, this center of support through ongoing conversation versus a big meet... Be- Versus a second meeting. So I always still kind of throw it out there. If you feel like you want to get together for a cup of tea and, you know, just kind of review how you're feeling now that we're a little closer. But I always do like a birth planning meeting around mm-hmm. 37 weeks. You know, by then, generally speaking, someone knows their GBS status. So we might talk about what they could expect when we arrive at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, all the things that kind of impact how we're heading into the heading into the hospital or heading into this birth are... Mm-hmm. are present around 37, 38 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, positioning of your baby, yes, all yes. those things. Mm-hmm. So we get to have a really good conversation mm-hmm. about what's happening from here. 
Yeah. And then from there on out, I always usually say, you know, if you're feeling like you want to get together for a cup of tea or mm -hmm. a little more chat, chit chat and stuff, usually someone is off on their leave by then and we can do that. But um, otherwise we stay in touch all the time. Yes. My clients call and text me, especially the kind of age group of what we're working with, of who we're working with right now, very common form of conversation. Um, and I think because we are constantly on call that way, I am finding that my clients are valuing their quiet time alone mm -hmm. much more rather than putting another meeting in their day. Because you're often when people get home from work now, they're still on call for work too. Mm -hmm. it's, and it's just one more thing. So, Well, I'm not worried about that because there's months and months sometimes in between hire and birth yes. to yes. fit in a meeting. So you keep saying we, are you talking, do you do that too? You'd like the two of you, is that how Toronto I, do I, a group? When I say we, I mean me and the client. Oh, I see. The is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, huh. Yeah. I'm, I'm not there. I still, I don't think I could let go of a meeting. No, I do two meetings pretty um, firmly. First meeting is a, and I know this is different from how you do it. Yeah. My first meeting is a get to know half of it is schmoozing. Where were you born? How did you grow up? What's your favorite food? Like we talk about birth. What are your earliest memories of birth? Did your parents talk about birth? Did your mom and your auntie sit around and talk I've about I've started birth? to ask that question actually yeah, I do since that. I heard you say that. Yes. And we do it over a meal, dinner, sometimes lunch. If it's a daytime meeting, usually evening. And we really get to know each other. I mean, like I'm going to be staring intensely at your vagina. <laughs> in, the very near, in the very near future we should probably know a little bit about each other mm -hmm. and um and then we talk about what are your wishes for your birth experience like what do you think about this or that I have a written document that I send after people hire me mm -hmm. right and I send that written document out. This is what we're going to be using to guide our first meeting. And I send a second document out. This is what we're going to be using to guide our second meeting. So we talk about that. It's kind of like a birth plan template. Yeah. But it really is just like a list of what are your thoughts about epidural? What are your thoughts about this or that? We talk about all of it. And I invite them to write it down if they want to. Or just think about it. And um whatever their thoughts are about the things we've discussed. They sometimes just send me an email and sometimes they make a formal birth plan. Mm -hmm. um, and that's meeting number one. And then we keep in close contact. I contact, I find out when their prenatals are and I check in with them after their prenatals, after uh, with their, with their care provider. And then I check in after ultrasounds or any sort of testing or screening things. I send little birthy, affirmation corny things to them just to stay in touch mm -hmm. or if I haven't heard from them for two weeks is to me like the the longest Top time I, yeah and then I'll say hey what's going on haven't heard from you for a long time hope you're not slipping on the icy sidewalks right that kind of thing so I always have that that first meeting I feel is so important true so I wouldn't know which one to, which one to drop well, the birthy template that you mentioned, I send the same thing. I send it ahead of time. Um, I actually send it with our, like it's a services package, right? So I send the whole thing over at the beginning Yeah. when we're getting ready, as opposed to bringing it in paper, which is what I used to do. Yeah, I used to do that too. Um, to the first meeting, to the interview. I always send before the interview the whole services package. Here's kind of what look 
what working oh, with us looks like. I see. Here's the template that we'd use for our discussion at our big birth planning ah, meeting. So that's a part um, of your interview package. Yes, the whole thing goes together. So they kind of have a view of what it would look mm -hmm, like going forward. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, same thing, I before that 37-week meeting, I jumped in with them. It's like, hey, take a look through those. I know you finished your class. And what did you think of your class that you took? Um, use that information to kind of go through that template and say, well, oh, now I know how I feel about this. Mm -hmm. And we talk about that. It, and it leads to all of those conversations about family and well, you know, do you know why you feel about that? Like when someone yes. almost always says something along the lines of, I either absolutely want an epidural or I really don't want to have an epidural. And both of those statements usually have to do with a story they've heard. Right. I'm like, tell me those stories. Mm -hmm. I want to hear everything you've heard. Right. So that's what we do too. Lots yeah. of storytelling. And you also get a feel if it's a couple, if it's a two person mm -hmm. partnership, you can get a feel for their relationship where one partner, where the partner is in relation to birth and how they feel about whatever and how the birthing person feels about all that kind of stuff too. And you get a real feel for the dynamics, which is important because it, it really makes or break, can make or break your experience with them with, if people are loving and gentle with each other versus snarky and yeah. Um, mean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you do two? I do one with the option of a second. Oh, interesting. I don't necessarily, because especially if they've taken my prenatal, if we've had the yes. interview, they've taken my prenatal class, um, you know, then we know each other. Like we, yes. I know what they know and we're a little more, mm -hmm. and again, you know, there's the texting back and forth and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but if they want a second one, then I'll do a second one. So the first one is usually birth planning. And I have to admit, I don't really like the template that we use. Mm -hmm. I I used it religiously in the beginning. And now I'm just like, I don't like the way it's laid out because I don't feel that like, like some of the stuff in it is redundant. Yes. They're, they're birthing at a hospital and this is going to happen anyways. Mm -hmm. Like there isn't anything we yeah, can do yes. to get away from it. I've changed um, the wording of mine a few several times, times yeah. because yeah. of that too. I would like something a little more, like I send it to them, but I'd like something a little more less structured, a little more open, like say what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, where we just sort of talk about, you know, so this is what, this is what early labor could look like. And again, they've taken my prenatal class. So we've kind of talked about that stuff already. Um, and even if they're not birthing at that hospital, I, they can come to my prenatal class. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, what is early, this is what early birth might look like. This is what, you know, again, what are your thoughts on pain management? Um, what are your thoughts on breastfeeding? Um, you know, did your prenatal class talk about, you know, the eye ointment and the vitamin K and all of, and delaying cord banking and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so I want something, I want to have something where I can write notes, but I want it to be less structured like what we have um, and a little more sort of open. I kind of just say um, not. So it, instead of asking, do you want to have an epidural? Mm -hmm. Yes or no. I try to structure the question so that they are open ended. What are your thoughts about pain management? Yeah. Well, then that's some exactly the question I ask. The use of epidural anesthesia, nitrous oxide. Yeah or other alternative forms and just list them. Yeah. And the, 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 the document is just a starting point for a discussion. Yeah. 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 Discussion. yeah. And that's I don't what expect I would prefer. anybody to like <clears throat> fill it out like a form. So it's okay. Yeah. And I don't, I actually don't yeah. want them to fill it out ahead of time because then I'm like, 
And then they're going, well, here it is. And going, okay, well, let's go through that. Uh, okay, well, this isn't yes. possible. And this isn't, you know, the hospital that you're giving birth and that's not going to happen. You know, things like that. So, and plus things change so much yeah. um, in sort of hospital settings and depending on the hospital that you're getting, you know, even though it is sort of, you know, SOGC guidelines, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. That's not what's going to happen in this hospital. That's not what's going to happen for mm-hmm. you um, because, you know, of this and X, Y, Z. So I've almost gone in nowadays with really a blank piece of paper <laughs> and just gone, okay. I don't write anything what down. Do I do because there. I create the birth plan for them. Yeah, me too. Oh, I never create the birth plan for well, them. Well, I have a Because temp- I'm always going to, I'm going to forget. Even if I wrote stuff down, I am going to forget. Well, it's, uh, the birth said. plan really is like, this is why I write stuff down. This is, and then I send it to them as a Word oh. document and say, look, here it is. Because really it's a template already. Yes. Um, and I'm just adding and removing the stuff. Because oh. odds are they're not asking for anything completely out of the ordinary yeah. from what other people are asking for. Yeah. Um, but if there's any sort of idiosyncrasies, like, you know, they... Um, like one triggers. of my well it's triggers for some people like please don't touch my xyz yeah please make sh- and often i'll try to if the, they haven't communicated that when i got there i'll let whoever our nurse is because that's who we're working with usually say you know what we have a history here it's really important that no one touch her hair mm-hmm. right so just, i'm just letting you know please let anybody know who's going to be covering you not to be touching her hair right mm-hmm. um so those are really important pieces i mean it would be important for her to put it in a birth plan but usually sure. i go home and i I'll put something like that in. Here's the here's three really important points for the support of this family. And then sometimes afterwards, too, I, when I'm on my way there, I always have a copy with me, too. And I look yeah. at it. It's like, okay, yeah, that's a good one to remember today. Right. I, I'll forget, too. Yeah, some, I'll do scalp massage on somebody. Like if they're just trying to be still because they're on the monitors for X amount of time mm-hmm. or something, then a little bit of scalp massage or foot pressure is really common. Yes. Um, but if that is a spot for a person who is just going to go off the rails, it's important for me to know those things. Yeah. And it's important for everybody else who's going to be coming into contact with her to know those things. Yes. So I don't, I just think it's important for them to create their own birth plan. I will go in my car and frantically write down as much as I can remember. But I expect that if they feel it's important to have a written birth plan, because not everybody does, mm-hmm. not everybody needs it, that they put it together. And send it to me. And then we discuss that afterwards. If there are things like she doesn't want her hair touched or she doesn't want this or that, I make note of that for myself. Yeah. But I wouldn't presume to put it in somebody's birth plan for them because it might be, I don't know, something that's kind of important, but they don't want it written down. Or we talk about I just that, think though. that they need to do it. Them- I think it needs to be created by them. Mm-hmm. And so I don't do it because I'm pretty sure I'm going to forget something or add something in there, word something in a way that's not quite representative of how they feel. Well, so and that's I why I send it to them in a word time. document yeah. and then they can add yeah. it, yeah. alter it and adjust True. it however yeah, they absolutely. like. Um, most people that I work with don't do a written birth plan nowadays. I really have... I'm starting to get to a point where I'm not even sure it's necessary anymore. Yeah. Especially if you are birthing in a hospital. I mean, they used to religiously ask, you know, do you have a birth plan? But now hospitals have those, you know, checkbox ones that they kind of, you kind of fill out for the hospital. So I find that even though we've sort of created it, 
it never gets pulled out. It never gets handed into the hospital, things like that. I almost think it's really more of a document between the three of us. Yes. As so that we're the all on the same itself. page and we're facing the same. And I think same that's direction. almost why I want to, I want to be able to do it and say, look, this, from our discussions, this is what I've gleaned. Yeah. What did I get this right? Yeah. Am I on the right page? And I think right. I call it like a, uh, birth communications or something like that. I write that this moment. I'm not remembering. Well, I heard somebody call it in class. They had midwives um, and they in class called it. Um, are we going to talk about birth intentions? Birth intentions. Uh-huh. I was like, I really love the way that sounds. Yeah. Yep. I like that. Let's, let's yeah, go. Sure. Let's, we're going to call it that from now on. Uh-huh. Um, and even, and yeah, we did talk about sort of the birth planning mm-hmm. um, and whatnot. Um as a, in class, it's, you know, it's a discussion between, you know, the people that are going to be in the birth so that everybody's on the same page. And so that, you know, you aren't going onto babycenter.ca and checking off a bunch of boxes and handing your birth plan to your partner and go, here's our birth plan. Mm-hmm. And then they go, yep. And I'm also finding a lot of people are um, very matter of fact, which I, I really love. Like yeah. a lot of epidural, for instance, eh. Um, I prefer not to have one. I'm going to try my best not to have one and go as far as I can without one. Yep. But if I get to that place where I decide I want to have one, I'm going to have one. Yeah. And I'm that. like, great. No problem. You don't need to write that down. Nope. Like you don't know. Yeah. Because need to they're going to ask down. you as soon as you get in in early labor, what are your plans on pain management? Yes. And she's going to say, yeah, I like it right now, please. Or yeah, I think I can go a little bit longer. Yeah. And then you have that discussion that, you know, that's what you say. Yes. And um, I often say to people, if you really feel compelled to make a written birth intention document, mm-hmm. put things on there that you feel very passionate about. Yes. Yes. Very strongly about. Only something you so would say out loud. Don't say, you know, I think I might want to use the birth ball at some point. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if you do, then we just go get it and you yeah. do it. Even... I think I might want to have an epidural at some point. You don't need to write that down either because you're in a hospital. Yeah. At any time that you want an epidural, you say, hey, can I have one of those, please? Yeah. And they bring it to you. You just do it. Yeah. But if there's something you feel so strong about that you want this thing observed firmly, you write that down. Or if it is a personal doesn't even have to be birth related. Mm -hmm. doesn't even have to be medical related. I had a client years in like, 10 years ago mm-hmm. who had thousands of scars on her legs from cutting herself when she was a teenager. Oh wow. And it was very startling when you saw if you saw her legs for the first time you'd be like <gasps> you'd gasp, right? Yeah. Of course, her legs are going to be exposed right. during the labor and birth process. Right. Didn't have anything to do with her birth. So right. she put that down there. I have thousands of scars on my legs. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with my birth. It's a personal thing. Don't ask me about it. I don't want to discuss it. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She wrote that down because she felt so strongly about it. Yeah. Or if you're going to need, if you want to do something that requires the hospital staff to change the routine or go yes. out of their way, yes. then you should probably write that down. Yeah. So something that's cultural, religious. Yes. 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 Absolutely. Like, please, nobody talk as the baby is being born unless it's absolutely necessary yeah. because the uh, father needs years. to recite a prayer in the baby's ear or something right. like that. That requires participation from the hospital staff yeah. for them to do that. <clears throat> and that might need to be written down. 
that kind of thing. So I, I, I really stress to them, you don't have to write everything down. You can use the, 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 the document guidelines that we have just and our discussion might very well be enough. Yeah. And that's the direction we're going to face in. Yeah. If you feel really strongly about something or something personal, okay, fine, write it down. And the majority of people don't feel the need to write it down anymore. Right. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't seem to, they don't feel that they have to be so adamant most of the time. But I'm not sure, like in Toronto, especially too, I'm not sure we're sort of at a point where, you know, in the hospitals, it's like, you're going to get, I mean, we've talked about this, you know, that you're going to get railroaded into How much getting, pushback are you going to exactly get for this thing? That's How strongly do you feel? Exactly. So I will give them my opinion. I say, well, I know at this hospital, you're not going to get any pushback about this. Yeah. So even though you feel really strongly about it, listen, you're not yeah. going to get pushback about it. I just know for a fact that that's cool at this yeah. hospital. Yeah. So do you really need to write it like in a written document? Yeah. Probably not. Right. It might be the opposite too. You know something? This You want this thing? They're going to give you a hard time on this. You need to write so that down and have that discussion you need, with you your need care to be provider. sure that you feel strongly enough about it to fight for it. Yeah. So somebody wanting to at a hospital that doesn't do water births. Yeah. And she's insisting the birthing person is insisting that she wants to give birth in the bathtub. Uh-huh. I'll tell you right now that you're going to get a fight. Yeah. yeah. So How much are you willing to fight for this? How strongly do you feel? If she feels that strongly, but she doesn't want to fight. Then maybe she needs to consider changing birth location. Yes. Because that's part of the discussion. How strongly do you feel about this thing? How much pushback are you willing to resist? And maybe you need to revisit your thoughts and feelings or revisit your plan, your birth mm-hmm. intentions. Right. Well, there was a nurse I spoke with at Sinai who was absolutely awesome. And we were talking about, I beat my clients there to, mm-hmm. to triage. And cause it seemed like baby was coming quite quickly. And she asked me a couple questions about them. Cause I asked if they were there and she's like, no, but they called in cause it sounded like things were happening fast. Mm-hmm. And uh, she goes, is your client wanting an epidural? And I said, well, when we spoke ahead of time, she said, you know, she just wanted to see how far she could go type thing. She's like, she needs to know kind of here. Now she, she goes, I'm going to tell you a secret, which is not that much of a secret. <laughs> if you are wanting to have options available to you that support you moving through labor without medication, if you can say that in triage, we'll try and make sure you have a room that has yeah. easier access to the tub, yes. easier access to the balls, easier mm-hmm. access to things. But these are resources. So if she's coming in and she actually really just is it or wants the epidural, we're probably going to put her more so in the room with the shower right. or that something, you know, where those resources are not needed. Yeah. Right. That's so, not a secret. No. Yeah. <laughs> but she thinks they're being slick, but we, we, yeah, the we doulas know. know that. It's resource yeah. management. Yeah. And she goes, so let your clients know that if they are feeling like they really want to even see how far they can go mm-hmm. and when they get to triage, don't tell us that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us that you want to use the tub. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, and we'll make sure that that those things are available. I have said that. Yeah. If you feel like your 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 big goal, you're willing to change your mind and detour along the way. But if your big goal is to be unmedicated, I feel like you need to say that straight out. I I think you get more support from yes. the nurses. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because then they're offering you this and they're offering you that, and they're yeah. interfering less with you yeah. than if you say straight out of the gate, "Oh, they're definitely 100. I am going to be using medication." Yeah. Can I get that IV now, please? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, cool. Yeah. 
All right. So I think we're going to take a break. Good, I um, yeah. And then we'll come back with more. Uh, yeah. Or a birth story or whatever. I can tell Megan's birth story today. All right. I cool. actually revisited that in my head this week. All right. Cool. All right. Hang tight. And um, we're back. Our bowels are empty. And <laughs> bladders. our bladders are bladders empty. God almighty. TMI, people. <laughs> Should this be in the middle? Oh, yes. Sorry. You just moved it so you could see. Sorry. So I could see what was going on. Well, I just want to, I mean, I do do second meetings. So just very briefly, what we do in the second meetings is we move around. We don't want to talk about your second meetings because nobody does. Nobody does second (laughs) meetings except me. I'm the only duel in the city who does second meetings. I'm just kidding. Um, We do a round of yoga. We do. Yeah. We talk about breathing and relaxation and all of the stuff that we might do to help labor move along. I bring my doula bag. I show them all the stuff in there. Um, and we just wrap up and say, all right, we're set. This is how Labor Day is going to go. When to call me? When do I join you? We just review all of that, cement all of that. And, you know, we kind of do like a... If you stopped eating with people, you could do it all in one meeting. I love <laughs> I refuse I to stop people, eating though. with people. It's my favorite. It is the best part of working with clients. You bring they... a potluck or you order something in or you go sit and eat with them. I love doing lunches. Like, I'm like, go have your OB appointment and then I'll meet you for lunch. And we'll say placenta in the restaurant. It's big fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if you go out for a restaurant, for they always pay. Yeah. I find. I did me, it once with a client pay. and it felt super awkward. No, most 90% of the time it's in their house. Yeah. So at the first they meeting, meet back it's dinner after. time. And um, almost always it's yummy food and we're good. I offer to bring salad, bread, and, and fizzy water. Mm-hmm. That's what I bring. And sometimes a dessert if, if people are eating sugar and gluten. You have to find out if <laughs> these days people are eating gluten. Yeah. Used to be able to bring bread all the time. But the second meetings, are I love them. Uh, and and it's I feel like it's a good sort of tie-up for the whole prenatal period. And then we're off, and then we just stay in touch until labor starts. Cool. Yeah. I like that. All right. Cool. So, who's doing a birth story? Me, me, me. Yes. You are overdue. Yeah. Because I only, I only have one left. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I guess, technically speaking, I'm just a long gestator. My kids like to stay up in there. Um, all of them came between 42 and 43 weeks. Good all Lord. of them were breached until like the last possible 42 fucking minute. and 43 weeks. I am like super pregnant. Jesus I Lord. walked from my, when I was pregnant with the first one, Kira, at 42 weeks, I walked from Victoria Park and Lawrence mm-hmm. to my doctor at 3000 Lawrence, which is just behind Scarborough General mm-hmm. down in Lawrence. Because I'm like, I'm going to walk this fucking kid out of me. Jesus I am Christ. so pregnant. My vagina was going to fall out. Like I was like, oh, and I was God. still pregnant in another week. Whoa. I mean, that was, that's a lot of, and she was only seven fifteen. That would make me she really was just mad. just a little baby. Oh yeah, my God. Um, yeah. So also I was so disappointed. Not, I'm not disappointed in you, Kira, but um, just that she was seven fifteen. I'm like waiting for this, I'm this Giant pregnant. Baby. I'm waiting for a, a nice. 12 pounder should have come out of you at that kid. point. Exactly. I'm like, give me, I want the baby. And your due dates were. Right? Like your dates were there good? Were things I, I think know. we asked yes. you about that yeah. last there is when all- you told us Kira's birth story. Yeah. Um, there are things you know. There are things you know. Yeah. Uh, but when it could have happened and when it certainly couldn't have happened. So um, anyhow, yeah, she was 43 weeks. But today I'm talking about Megan, who was 42 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, just like Xander was 42 weeks and Abby was 42 weeks. 
But uh, and Megan is child number four. Four. She's pulling up the end. Okay. Um, I, she was my VBAC. She was my home birth. Um, she too was a breachy till the end. And yeah, what was going on with her? Prodromal labor. What a bitch. Oh, yeah. What a bitch. Mm-hmm. Three weeks of fucking. I know it's, I know it's <gasps> technically weeks. not called prodromal when it's three weeks. I think it's called irritable uterus, but really, wow. when I'm 39 plus weeks yeah. uh, or 38 plus weeks, it, yeah, I just kept wondering, like, is it going to start now? Nah. And I always had it with all of them to some degree, mm-hmm. but hers kept kind of ramping all the way up to here we go. And then being like, ah, oh, bitch, you need some sleep. I'm going to go away now um, for three weeks. I thought I was going to lose my mind. The I only bet. way I did not yeah. lose my mind is by saying, this ain't my rodeo. Like, I'd just wake up in the morning and everything would fizzle out. And I'd be like, not my rodeo. Mm-hmm. That's, this has nothing to do with me. I'm going to get up and drink my liter of water and pee my brains out, hop in the tub and try and nap mm-hmm. after getting the kids off to school. And that was my routine. Um, look, good Lord, that was a long three weeks. And then finally, one night, when was she born? April what? 24th. Um, what are you looking at me? <laughs> she's looking, looking at, at us me like going, we were there. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't even know if you I back to, then. If I had to memorize my children's birthdays and all of your children's <laughs> birthdays, there'd be no more room in my brain. No, she is April 24th because she's 424. All of my kids except for Abby have like a repeating pattern. Kira is 1010. Xander is 616. Okay. Megan is 424. Abby threw us all off with 67. Like, oh, right? nice. Mm-hmm. Right? right? Yeah, 67. Mm-hmm. Um, 678. She was born on June 7th and she was 7 pounds 8 ounces. That's how mm. I remember her. Mm-hmm. Um but finally, I, you know, I, you have too many kids when you have to like have tricks for <laughs> <laughs> birthdays and birth weights. Xander was easy. He was born on Father's Day and it was my parents' wedding anniversary as well. So that mm-hmm. was easy. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then Kira, Kira's birthday is my aunt's birthday and my sister's birthday. Oh, cool. All of them are October 10th. Oh. Um, and then Megan, a little part of me was hoping she would come on the 19th, which is my niece's birthday. Mm-hmm. But no, she held out till the 24th. Mm-hmm. Um, on the 23rd, I had another prodromal labor coming into the morning of the 23rd and she was moving like absolute bonkers. Like it mm-hmm. was, I'd had an, a chiropractic adjustment. Um, and over that night I'd had prodromal labor and she was moving like a crazy woman, but I didn't think much of it cause she's an active baby to start with. But, um, she, it came into the morning and it kept going. I'm like, fucking A, this is it. But I didn't tell anybody. I just, I hopped in the shower, drank my stuff, got the kids off to school, but it kept going the whole time. Then it fizzled out at 6 p.m. And I had an emotional breakdown uh, <laughs> and went to bed I bet. early. Yeah. Um, at 10 p.m., I felt it starting again. I'm like, fuck this noise. Went and got some gravel um, to put myself back to sleep, took a bath, got back in bed. And around 5 a.m., it picked up again to the intensity where I was moaning through it. I was waking up to moan through my surges, and it was, I guess they were anywhere from 5 to 10 minutes apart. In my head, I'm still saying, fuck it. I mean, we're getting close to the sun coming up. Mm-hmm. It's going to fizzle out. Um, thankfully, it didn't. It kept going, kept going. Starts having lots of nice bloody show. And I was hanging around five, four to seven minutes apart until around 8 a.m. when I said to Roger, go out and get some stuff. I think uh, today we, we might be rocking this kid out. And so I sent him out to get some fruit. And he came back with his mom and some fruit. 
And he was what he, what did he I some food. order? Was she on the list? <laughs> what? And it at that and so there everyone knew to stay downstairs. My bedroom, my bathroom, you have to knock to come in. Really, that go, that's my rule for everything. If the door is closed, you knock to come in. If mm-hmm. it's open, whatever. That's a good life rule. Um, yes. But uh, so I stayed upstairs and labored for a while, and then I just got antsy. Because he was downstairs dealing with the kids and all of this other shit. And I heard people banging around. So I went back downstairs, sat down. And I was coming every four minutes or so. Sitting no, sorry. Is this your first home birth? Home birth, yes. Okay. Where the the intent and so far the trajectory is to stay home. Mm-hmm. Um, the surges were really, really intense when they came. And the break in between was really, really sweet. So I sat at the dining room table, much like we're sitting here. And my mother-in-law's across the table from me. And now who else has arrived? Some other people came over. Um all the kids were there. And I remember my mother-in-law say, looking across the table at me while I'm eating in between contractions. She's like, are you sure this is labor? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes, sweetie. And and she's like, you, you're not crying. Cause at my last birth, I've been crying <laughs> during my yes. contractions, but I think I was crying cause I was in the middle of my mother Tucker's and they were four minutes apart and I didn't want to leave cause they still had more jerk chicken coming. <laughs> oh, um, and they were at dinner with us. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not leaving. It was the word chicken. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Roger put his foot down and we left. But um, <laughs> I really so like the chicken there. Mm. Anyhow, um, shortly thereafter, I guess it was around 10, 30, 11 a.m. After I'd sat down at the table and eaten with everybody, I thought, I got to go back upstairs. I need to not be around all this energy on the main floor. I went back upstairs, closed the door. And around 11, I think I had the first surge and contraction that really brought me to my knees. Like I was walking back and forth in my room. And trying to get her centered because I felt like she was in one hip. And then the next contraction brought me to my knees. I dropped to my knees and I thought, hmm, that won't kick my ass. (laughs) And I closed my eyes waiting for the next one. And with the next one, it, I wasn't just on my knees. I was thought I needed to curl up in the fetal position. So bang three times on the floor, which is the universal sign in our house for come now. Knock three times on the ceiling if you want me. Exactly. (laughs) Tony Orlando and Don taught us this. That's right. Yeah. And that is no matter where we are, if you hear someone bang three times, they need toilet paper. It's S O S. That's right. That's right. Come now. Morse code. Yeah. And so Ro came up and hopped and uh, opened the I got him to fill start filling up the tub and hopped in that and boy was that glorious. I'd been in and out of that tub for the past three weeks and it was my salvation. But I really started to need to not open my eyes in between at that point. Turned out, uh, got him to cover the one window that was not covered and bring up the crock pot. And I don't even remember what the fuck we were using that crock pot for. I don't remember. Warm, you're supposed to warm up the washcloths or whatever for, for the perineum. perineum. Oh, for the perineum. Yeah. But I was in the bathtub, so no one was touching me anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, I'm laboring on and off. It's really getting intense and quiet in between. Abby keeps wandering in and out just to check on me. Kira and Zander are like, I am out of here. They both mm-hmm. went to their friends' houses. Because um, I'd started to make really loud noises around mm-hmm. noon. I was, the long, low moan was going on. Yeah. And they're both like, see ya. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what time is this now? This is noon. So okay. it got really intense really quickly. Like after yeah. that 10, 30, 11 o'clock meal downstairs, mm-hmm. it came on hard and fast. Wow. And Roger kept saying, do you want me to call Lisa and Claudette? And I'm like, no. I just, I don't want anybody else. Really? No. And I love them. I do. I just needed to not have any more people in my space, in my house. I get that. I'm the opposite, but I understand. Um, 
And then around 1230, he's like, I'm going to call Lisa. And I'm like, okay. So he called over and they came. I'm overriding you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> at 12.15. And honestly, the reason we, midwifery is very comfortable for him. Mm-hmm. He feels well supported with the midwives in the house and mm-hmm. the midwives walking through it and having ongoing conversation with them. And he loved our midwives, midwives desperately. So um, they're always so forthcoming about everything, which is something he appreciates. So they arrived between 12.30 and 1. And then shortly there afterwards, I had another emotional breakdown. They were asking me if I wanted to be assessed at all. And I didn't, I had ahead of time. I knew I didn't want to be touched. I don't like to be looked at. I don't like to be mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. Um, but all of the pressure had moved into my lower back and I could, I was having what is described as back labor now. Mm-hmm. Like Which I felt sucks. like my, this, my hips were going, the bones were going to break. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, I've never felt like my bones are going to break and Roger was pushing on my lower back with his two fists. And if you ever see the birth photos, because I think mine are floating around online. um, My back is absolutely bruised at the bottom. Mm -hmm. And I heard him whisper at one point, and this is around one 30 to Claudette. I think it was at that time. I think I need to stop. I'm bruising her. Mm. And whoever, whichever midwife was there, because my eyes were closed had started to answer him. And I said, if you stop doing that, I will rip the skin from your fucking face. Whoa. (laughs) But I didn't move. I didn't get up. I didn't get animated. I just uttered those words. Yeah. And then I said again, don't stop. Mm -hmm. And I I started to breathe. And I remember feeling really scared that as I, the surge was coming, that he wasn't going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm bruising. I'm anemic. I know what's going to happen. (laughs) I, I look like someone beat the shit out of me afterwards. But it was my saving grace. His yeah. fists yeah. in my back mm-hmm. were this absolute saving grace of getting me through this. Um, now, we also thought Megan was breech. Like, we thought we were having a home breech yeah. birth. So A home breech birth V-back. V-back. Jesus. You get birth. that? You get all those water birth, too. <laughs> Jesus you get all those acronyms? Christ. Oh, my God. And, yes, I'd been talked through risk factors using another care provider, all of that bullshit. Sorry, not bullshit. All those options. All those options. And for me, and I knew I needed to be alone. I needed to have less people. You in my assessed space. your risks and benefits and made the best decision for, for yourself. yourself. And I was never contrary to going to the hospital. I'm not contrary to any of those things. Mm-hmm. I'm just if I feel like I need to go, I'll let you know and we'll go. Yeah. yeah. But, but if not, not then there's no yes. Yeah. Right. Um, so I was very comfortable staying home. And two eight two hits and I two, eight, two? What? Two, eight, 2 p.m. hits. Oh. And I I needed to change positions and flip over and get my belly under the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Claudette or Lisa could not find, easily find uh, her heart rate anymore. Right. Of course, she's coming really, really low. Right. Um, so I flipped over and I put my hands, Roger was sitting behind me on the, the tub at this time. And I put my arms over his legs. Um, Hang on one sec. Keep going. I got to just right. go call my client back. You okay. Called me. Yep. Anyhow, I started to feel the, I sat there and I remember saying, I'm feeling pressure. I think it's, I'm going to start, she's going to start coming out. And I felt like I was birthing a bowling ball. Oh, Jesus. Like the, again, the bones moving apart, everything moving apart. And I remember thinking, aren't bums supposed to be squishy? squishy yeah. <laughs> Thin and squishy. Um, and it wasn't that long afterwards where I was breathing her down I wasn't doing a whole lot of pushing more like kind of grunting and trying to remain let everything be open yeah again thinking about her being breached and needing a lot of area to maneuver right and I heard Lisa say well that's not a bum 
And <laughs> you're like, what and, the fuck is it? Yeah. In that moment, having a, well, what, yeah, exactly. What the fuck is that? Um, and I believe someone said, do you want to reach down now or something along those lines? But I would had, I was in that moment where everything was being pushed apart. And I, this is the only time I pushed and I pushed her head out and oh, sorry, actually, this is the one time I was touched. Lisa said, do you want some pressure down there? And I said, yes. Cause I remember the, all of that pressure being there. I wanted some counter pressure and she did. She put some pressure down there and it felt absolutely heavenly enough for me to push her head out. And um, she hung out there for a little bit. I was expecting this whole other wave to come to push yeah. the rest of her out and it wasn't there. And then all of a sudden it was there. She, I felt this rotation and then shot her out like a cannonball. <laughs> and she felt like a cannonball and uh, reached down and brought her up onto my chest. And it was absolutely lovely. And I remember thinking in that moment, this ain't no seven pound, 15 ounce kid. And no, knowing, how much was she? Uh, she, she was nine, two or nine, five. Jesus. We had two things written down, but it was glorious and not a tear, not a rip, not a stitch. Just a little bit of a run. Because you were just sort of breathing her down yeah. and bringing her down little by little. And floating. Like my, all the ways holding, I was laying back and holding onto Roger's legs. My butt was kind of, my butt and my legs were floating. I don't yeah. even know what I must have looked like. I looked like a polar bear <laughs> floating down the river. Um, just letting it all float open and have her shoot out like a cannonball. That's cool. That was absolutely lovely. And... When I did open my eyes at that point, I kind of glanced to my right because I was in the tub and I saw my mom, my mother-in-law. Oh, shit. Abby, um, my friend Monique, my sister. My Oh, sorry. You know what? I didn't even mention my sister in all of this because my eyes were closed. Roger was there doing all the hands-on fist stuff. And my sister was my cloth bearer, keeping me hydrated, whispering good things to me. Your doula. Um and yeah, she was, and she, but at one point, you know, we all get there that, that moment where you're saying, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And God love my sister who she, she is my absolute best friend in the world. And we're so different in what we're comfortable with. And she leaned over further into the tub and said to me, do you want to go to the hospital and get that epidural now? And I laughed and laughed and laughed, despite the intensity I was having in transition right then. Uh, I think that really helped get me through. That really lifted my spirits, that laughter that I had. Because she was serious. Yeah. She was advocating, yeah. thinking that that's what I was asking for. Right. And she wanted to clarify. Um, I also remember that I think I think she was sipping on a cooler in the to deal with the stress of my home birth. <laughs> I'm pretty that's sure there's something with alcohol in it at two o'clock in the afternoon. Sure. Why not? Yeah. That's what, that's what you get with home births. That's you can you, have wine. Whatever you want. Whatever <laughs> you want. There's food and wine and people cook for you. Yep. And Didn't you have is, people making cake? Yeah. I think Claudette was helping the kids bake a cake at one in, point. In the, in the kitchen. Uh, yeah. Downstairs. And Abby really enjoyed that with my mother-in-law too. This is also my in-laws first experience with midwives. They'd met them before the first time. Right. But, um, this kind of home birth environment was really brand new for yeah, my in-laws. I guess so. Uh, it was really nice too afterwards to hear the feedback that it kind of blew their mind cool. in a really positive yeah. way. Um, when Megan was weighed in her little, you know, hammock, uh, my brother-in-law was there and he's like, really, this is what happens. And everyone kind of got a little bit of a really comfortable, warm 
education yeah. as good. to what supportive care looks like. Yeah. And of course, then also the great level of comfort seeing the wide array of things that midwives bring should something come up. It's really, they've moved yes. the birthing room from the hospital to your house. Yeah. Yes. They, they come super prepared. Absolutely prepared. And that gave a lot of people super comfort. Oh, that's good. Now I will say, I when I got out of the tub, Roger did skin to skin with Megan and I hopped in the shower just to hose myself off a bit. And um, Weeble wobbled my way to the tub or to my bed and climbed in and I looked around and I'm like, where's my kid? <laughs> Where the fuck is my kid? <laughs> where's my baby? And uh, I looked at Lisa and she's like, he just took her in the other room for a second. And he came back, I'm giving him the cut eye. And he's like, we just needed to have our conversation. And I forgot about this. He had done this with Abigail too. He'd taken her to have a talk about um, loving her and like a little prayer for her. Yeah. Um, and he went and did the oh same thing with Megan. God. He took her away from the rest of the family, closed himself in um, one of the other bedrooms yeah. and sat and had a little talk with her Aww. about what he wants for her. Mm-hmm. So, wow. So then he brought her back. And I gave him Roger. <laughs> we like him. We do. He's a keeper. Yes. And then the other kids came home and brought friends. Oh, <laughs> and they came up to the room and sat on the bed and said hello to the baby Thanks. and watched me oh, breastfeed. Very nice. Yeah. Wait till you hear my birth number five. Oh. Cool. All right. Well, that's us. That's, that's this has been a long one and we're so thankful. We are. We're so sorry. Um, but Put thank your you. lives on pause people exactly. to listen to the podcast. Um, thank you so much for sticking with us for this and remember to rate, review, subscribe and tell a friend and yell it on the street. Yeah. Tell, tell a friend and, and she'll tell, tell two friends. And so, so on and so, so on. God, you are so old. <laughs> like we are absolutely old. <laughs> the Breck, the Breck yeah, commercial. commercial from like 1976. God yep. Almighty. This is uh, this is the senior citizen the podcast. <laughs> Calgon, take us away. <laughs> I think I have some in my cupboard upstairs. Um, okay, so yeah, um, if you want to get in touch with us, tell us a story. Give us uh, at some point we're going to do on our list here is you know worst, best, and worst doula experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so put a start. So a we sh- want to hear yours. Yeah. So start a shout out now for those emails uh, to the pragmatic doulas at gmail.com. Yes. And uh, oh, Jesus, you couldn't have waited for that. <laughs> for fuck's sake. God. You need to go to the, you need to go to the doctor. doctor. I had this experience. No. You did. need to go back. All right. All right. All right, everybody. Oh, all right. Take care. All right. Have <laughs> on that note. Stay upright. Yeah. And don't jump down snowbags. Yeah. And you duly you. Bye. Right, bye. bye.